How do you deal with anger and being stuck in defensive thought patterns? I want to address this from a different way, utilizing the polyvagal theory, um, utilizing those concepts and building from there. And I hope that this will bring you a different way of looking at what anger is and what purposes it serves you maybe, but also how to shift out of a an uh, anger sort of emotion. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist that thinks the world needs a new understanding of mental health. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. I'm over on justinlmft.com. I have one of my blog articles up. It's called Dealing with Anger. This was a response that I got um, from somebody on my email list. I had sent out this email that said, what's your number one challenge? And the response that this person gave me is how to deal with being stuck in anger and defensive thought patterns, keeping a person in a state of anger. So that's all they sent me, um, nothing in detail about their life or anything. So just, just very general. Let's, let's talk about what anger is in relation to the polyvagal theory. If you're in my Polyvagal 101 course, or if you've listened to my Polyvagal 101 podcast episodes, which are episodes 101 through 109, then you probably have a really good understanding of how anger fits into the polyvagal theory. But if not, let's go over that real quick. Anger is the felt emotional experience of the fight sympathetic states of the autonomic nervous system. If somebody is existing in a like a lingering kind of fight energy, now this is this wouldn't be for someone who has a sympathetic uh, drive or they're they're in a sympathetic state of fight and they're actually like needing to defend themselves and be aggressive. That's that's different. Anger is when you have that flavoring in your system, but it hasn't been used. Like it's just kind of there, but maybe there's nothing that is quite setting it off. It's just kind of there. And then you might just kind of generally feel it as irritation, maybe a low-level anger. But then something may happen where you do actually feel it as anger and you are coming across as more dominant or aggressive. If you're in the polyvagal state as a means of survival, like you're in a situation where you have to be aggressive, you won't exactly feel it as anger. You'll probably feel it as power and be able to act on it. But when that state is just kind of lingering in your system, then you feel it as anger or irritability. Those will at least be the most uh, noticeable. You may feel impulses of, uh, of, an, of an aggressive variety, like taking up space or raising your voice, speaking more quickly perhaps, uh, especially in more of like a rush, like monotone kind of voice. And you'll lack that vocal prosody, that sing-song equality of your voice that you have when you're in your safety state. When that lingering fight energy is in your system, there's going to be those emotions that you feel like anger and irritability, but you're also going to have some shifts in your cognitions as well. That fight state is going to flavor the thoughts in your mind. Again, if you've spent any time on the polyvagal theory, you probably know about the concept of story follow state from Deb Dana. And this is basically, uh, well, it's exactly what I, I already said, I guess, which is Whatever state you're in, your thoughts are going to follow. The thoughts in your mind that are more aggressive or blaming, those aren't there for no reason. Like, they don't just have angry thoughts in your mind. Those are there um, after they follow the state of your autonomic nervous system. So if your nervous system's in more of a, a fight state, then your thoughts will follow and they'll be more blaming. Let's take a, a simple example here, which is Ray. Let's say Ray is doing his homework He's at a local coffee shop and notices that someone's looking at him. In the exact same scenario, Ray's thoughts are going to be different based on what state he is in. So if he's in a shutdown state, 
then his thoughts might sound something like, they see me and think I'm weird. I need to hide. And then he might look down and put his hoodie over his head. If uh, Ray is in a fight sympathetic state, then he might say something like, what the fuck are they looking at? And he may like even grimace at the person uh, tensely. If he's in a flight state, then he may think, well, shit, is there something on my face? And he might like, you know, hurriedly brush away anything that might be on his face or even go to the bathroom and check and see if there's like something on his face. And if he's in a safety state, then he may just say, well, they're staring off in the distance. I know what it's like to zone out. And then he might even wave at them and share a laugh with them. It is, of course, completely okay for you to be a polyvagal know-it-all. In, in fact, I even encourage it. But make sure you actually know it all before you try to come across as a polyvagal know-it-all. And if you're doubting your ability to do so, then I have something for you. It's a nifty gifty. It is my polyvagal checklist. It's for free. Once you sign up for my email list, you will get the polyvagal checklist, which has all the essential aspects of the polyvagal theory that you need to know. As you're doing your polyvagal research, like listening to this podcast episode right now even, you could have that list and check off things like, well, now I know what story follow state is, or maybe now I know what the vagal break is, depending on what you're listening to, of course. I have that for you on my site. It is, of course, for free. If you go to justinlmft.com slash checklist, there will be a link in the description. But again, it's justinlmft.com slash checklist. When you sign up for my email list, you'll get access to that download right away and actually access to a whole bunch of other stuff as well. Now let's talk about how to deal with anger emotions, quote unquote, deal with. How does one uh, deal with being stuck in anger? Well, they need, they need to utilize the body's state, which means they actually have to allow themselves to feel the fight state. They may actually have to allow themselves to feel some of that or all of that power. This could absolutely be overwhelming, of course, but as you build your capacity to sit with your feelings, to increase your distress tolerance, to increase the strength of your vagal break, then these other things like actually sitting with your stuck defensive state and the feelings within it, the emotions, the cognitions, the sensations, the impulses become possible. So how does somebody actually change their thoughts and what does this have to do with your polyvagal state? Well, if the story follows state, then we know that you need to change the state in order to change the story, to change the thoughts in your mind. Simple cognitive reframes can, you know, you can start with your state and then reframe and then uh, change your state. Sorry, you can reframe your thoughts to change your state. Yeah, that could be helpful. But what I'm talking about here is directly addressing the stuck state in and of itself. And then your thoughts will naturally change as a result. I think this is more helpful when it comes to the overall process of self-regulation and building your uh, distress tolerance versus trying to constantly change the way you think, which I, I think can be more frustrating than anything for many of us. It's possible for someone to mindfully experience their stuck defensive state or just to feel their fight state in this situation in particular. It's, it's possible to feel that and to allow that anger to be present. And when you allow anger to be present, you're really really allowing the fight state to exist. You're giving it permission. Now, we don't want to do this if you can't tolerate it. If you don't have the distress tolerance necessary, you don't want to really um, allow anger to be there. You, you have to be able to handle it. So doing something else like uh, some sort of simple coping skill, uh, something to distract yourself could be useful uh, until you can get to the point where you can actually address 
the, uh, the, the state in and of itself, the dysregulation or the, the stuck state that you have. Now, once you can mindfully allow it to be there, then you can actually act on the impulses that are within. So when you feel into that uh, fight energy, then you may notice that there's an impulse on what to do next. Your body may have an impulse on what to do with it. And if you can mindfully experience that, then you may notice some polyvagal shifts start to happen and some ladder climbing happening along with it. You have to actually be able to mindfully listen to your body, to mindfully experience the sensations that are within, that are underneath the emotion of anger. And if you could do that, then it's going to tell you what to do next. An impulse will arise from that. Now with anger, it's probably going to be something that involves the upper body, like throwing, squeezing, pushing, uh, hitting. Uh, just again, some examples here. I don't encourage you to do any of these things on anybody. I actually don't, not, not only do I not encourage you, I'm telling you don't do that. That's not a good idea. Don't do that. But again, you shouldn't be doing this unless you're, you have the distress tolerance necessary in order to do this. When you do these things mindlessly, then you're going to act on these impulses and you're going to end up harming somebody or harming yourself or destroying something. When you do these things mindfully, you can act on these impulses and actually enable some ladder climbing to happen. If you can do these things while mindful, then you can act on the impulse to squeeze, for example, and you can squeeze a fidget or maybe like a, a clo you know, clothing or um, a towel or, or something like that, or, or paper towel roll. I think that was a, that was a Peter Levine example, uh, grabbing a paper towel roll and kind of squeezing it. That can be a way to mindfully experience and use the impulse to squeeze without harming yourself or anybody else. And then ladder climbing can happen from that. But before being able to notice and feel the impulses and sensations that come along with anger from the fight state, you first have to be able to allow that to be there to maybe even normalize it or validate that you have the feeling in the first place. And doing that is not easy either because in order to do that, you kind of have to be anchored in your safety state first. And once you're anchored in your safety state, then you can be more curious about what's happening within and actually allow it to be present and then become more curious about it and actually ask yourself, what does it feel like? What's the actual experience of having this? And then get to those deeper levels. How do you then deal with the actual anger thoughts? I don't recommend that you simply try to combat the thoughts. I don't, I don't think that thought replacement is very easy, especially if you're on your own. If you're in therapy, yes, yeah, totally doable because you have someone there with you to co-regulate. You have someone that might be able to first validate and then offer a cognitive reframe. That's very doable. On your own, trying to combat your thoughts and change your thinking, I think it's very difficult, very frustrating, and probably just feeds right back into the, um, the anger and the fight state in a, you know, uh, directly. So instead, what I would recommend you, that you do is to focus on the emotion that is driving those thoughts and then uh, delving a bit deeper and eventually experiencing the sensations that are underneath that. And then again, like I said before, you'll be able to identify an impulse that may arise from those sensations and be able to mindfully act on it. If you just try to address the thoughts, it's very likely it's gonna end up just being extremely front, uh, frustrating. And just, again, like I said, kind of feeding back into the anger. And so you may end up like berating yourself or judging yourself or shaming yourself, blaming yourself. It might just be more aggressive thinking on top of the aggressive thinking that was already there. Really what it does is just kind of reinforces the emotion of anger and the fight state uh, mindlessly. So instead, if you cannot uh, directly address the thoughts, 
if you cannot directly address the emotion and sensations that are underneath those thoughts, because that's also very challenging, then the third option, I suppose, would be to anchor in safety. So don't even address the thoughts and the anger directly unless you can handle it. But instead, you might say to your anger, I, I know you're there. I feel you. You've made yourself obvious. And I'm going to let you hang out with me while you hang out with me uh, in my little pocket over here. I'm also going to do something that is very anchoring for me, something that I feel some measure of safety or groundedness in. So it's not about rejecting your feelings. It's like they're there anyway, so just let them be there. But, or and, also do something that is anchoring for you, anchoring into your safety state. If you can do that, you might notice that the intensity of the anger, well, it softens. And the intensity of the angry thoughts, those soften as well. And eventually, if you can really anchor yourself uh, really effectively, then the anger and the anger thoughts may simply not be an issue whatsoever. So there's a, there's a few options there. You can directly address the thoughts themselves. You can directly address the emotion and uh, sensations and impulses underneath the thoughts, or leave those where they are and focus on anchoring and safety instead. Oh, and in case you did not know, you can actually subscribe to this on whatever platform you're on. Just hit that subscribe or follow button and you will get the next episode right away, especially if it's a podcast on YouTube. There's also a bell and uh, I think something else, maybe. I don't know what YouTube is more. But on the podcast, it's pretty darn easy. Just subscribe and you'll get the next episode immediately. It would mean a lot to me. Thank you for being a subscriber if you already are. And again, for that nifty gifty, go to justinlmft.com slash polyvagal checklist. I'll have a link to that and the original blog post in the description. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening to this. And I really hope this has been helpful for you in maybe acting as a, as a reframe, a cognitive reframe for your anger and how to quote unquote deal with it. And I also hope this has helped you in your own process of getting unstuck. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or see for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com.